So hello and welcome to Coffee with a Coach and this Coffee with a Coach podcast today is with Adam Walsh, the L&D business partner at che- or one of the L&D business partners at Checker Trade. So welcome Adam. Thank you, nice to be here. Brilliant and just a quick introduction to how we've met, well virtually and then and then in person. You've been a, a valued member of our coaching culture community since since quite early on actually you said for the last 18 months the community's been around for about two years now so Mm. you know you've been subscribing to our magazine and commenting on different things and obviously we met through LinkedIn and then you came along to our coaching culture conference last May um, Mm -hmm. where you met lots more people and and hopefully got more inspired about how to drive a coaching culture in checker trade definitely and and, and met some met some great people and um have have um you know through that networking have, have now um got a coach Brilliant. um uh from someone that was at the, at, the, at the conference and also kept in touch with a few more people and and um they've put me in touch with other people that i've i've kind of um leveraged their knowledge as well which has been really really useful well that's fantastic and that's exactly what the purpose of the coaching culture community is about so that's that's great news here it's uh, working in real life well <laughs> I've got a few questions for you um, and this will obviously we've got our podcast and then it'll appear in our next magazine at Coaching Culture 7, issue 7. So let's make a start and ask you some questions. Okay. Brilliant. So Adam, how do you take your coffee? Might as well get you warmed up. <laughs> um, yeah, we, well, first of all, we, we've got a, we're lucky enough to have a Starbucks on site um, here at Checker Trade, but, but also we've got some awesome coffee machines at work too so it's, it's quite often a challenge to, to limit my consumption but um as for my choice um i'd probably say i could drink a flat white at any time of the day yeah um perfect. that's my go-to but 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 i must admit if i need a bit of extra pep at any time i'll, I'll have a double espresso Oof, crikey probably the, the uh, day after our conference or after everybody's been traveling to the conference but no that sounds uh, that sounds good and let's talk about coaching that's what everybody's here to listen about today sure what inspired you to become a coach um or who? for me um, um it was yeah yeah good question actually it, it was 2015 i think um i had just um done some training and, and had become a, a disc profile practitioner yeah and, and and doing disc really opened my eyes and what i found i think is as i became more self-aware I also then began to have more insightful conversations in those sessions, but it always felt to me like I could take them to a, a new level. Yeah. Um, so kind of with that, I trusted my gut. Um, I, I listened to some feedback I was getting at the time and, and, and heeded some signs and, and I signed up for a two day um, free coaching taster event with the coaching Academy in, in London. Um, and, uh, and the rest kind of sort of happened organically from there, I suppose. Brilliant. So what do you mean by inspiring conversations? You said there that you have more inspired and inspiring conversations. What did that mean? Yes, through DISC, of course, um, yeah. like like many of the other um, personality profiling tools, some, sometimes while you're talking to people and asking questions about their, their personality preferences, sometimes people go to, to some interesting places. Yeah. And um, the, the, the main points, as I say, were for me, um, it got me self-reflecting as I as I spoke to other people about their personality styles, and I started to really focus in on on who I was as a person. And through asking better questions in disc sessions, people would would often come up to me and say, oh, "You know, you ought to be a coach." And and at the beginning, I was like, "No, don't be silly. 
you know, what are you talking about? And didn't really pay much attention. But then once the third or the fourth or the fifth person <laughs> had mentioned it, you start to think, hang on a minute, um, you know, there's got to be something here. Yeah. Um, and, so, and, that, and that's what really made me, um, you know, feel like I needed to, to, to explore it, I suppose. Brilliant. And so where are you now on your coaching journey then? Almost done. Um, I'm at that tantalizingly close phase where I, I, I've just got a couple of small bits just still to finish and and then and then submit the paperwork so um, it's uh, it's been a really interesting journey and, and, and uh, I've enjoyed every minute of it but of course life and work um, well work is life and life is work I suppose but they, they, you know sometimes gets in the way um, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm virtually there brilliant excellent well keep us informed of how you get on <laughs> well um, so, why do you think there's such a rise in coaching right now? For me, it's, it's not a coincidence. I think that, that the rise in coaching mirrors the rise in well-being and mindfulness. Yeah. I think th those those three are, are very much interlinked, and it, it feels to me as though you know now people are seeking a much richer and a broader experience from life than than, than we used to. Yeah. Um, you know, so in other words, what fulfilled us 30 years ago maybe just doesn't cut the mustard anymore. You know, in the 80s we might have considered looking for outside help to achieve our goals as a weakness. Um, but nowadays it's considered by many people much more as a strength. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I also think that people are more honest with themselves these days and, and they and they realise they've got a better chance of achieving their ambitions much more quickly by hiring a coach than if they tried to achieve them on their own. I mean, we're all after the path of, of path of least resistance to get where we want to be, aren't we? So, um, I think ultimately, good coaching reduces the friction towards learning and towards goal achievement. Oh, I think that's that sounds that sounds a brilliant way of um, summing up coaching. That it's a you know it gets you there quicker because you know reaching out for help from others is is seen now as a as a positive thing rather than like you said as it, a number of years ago that would have been a weakness so yeah I totally agree with that you know perspective on coaching and the difference it can make to people and their personal learning and their growth so what about at checker trade what's it like there what's the attitude towards coaching like yeah we're, we're lucky because we're um at, at checker trade can, coaching is considered a vital tool um, particularly for people who are leading teams, it's we've woven it into our management development programs, and we're seeing more and more coaching um, conversations happening all the time. Um, it helps as well that my boss is a huge advocate. He's he's got his own coach too, yeah, um, outside of outside of here, and and he's always keen to see a coaching approach expand um, inside the business. And, and as for me, I'm empowered um, by the business to run performance coaching sessions with a number of clients at work, which also gives me the chance to work with some of our amazing managers or, or people in in specialist roles so a real positive attitude towards coaching and and how many people will get access to coaching um that's a good question and um, me personally it's i work with managers team leaders people in specialist roles um I've, I've got five clients at the moment who I see on a regular basis and a couple of which I've I've been coaching for over a year. Yeah. Um, also through promoting coaching and running other coaching um, workshops within the business, we're, we're giving access, um, coaching access to um, all of our team leaders um, and also our assistant team leaders as well. So, you know, it's, it's kind of filtering on through the organization. So, you know, people at, at advisor level or, or, or sort of telesales level, if you like, yep. 
um, are, are being exposed to, to coaching conversations more than ever. And are you hearing, are you getting positive feedback about the benefits or, you know, what's the feedback you're getting? Yeah, but, you know, lots of positive feedback and, and also, um, you know, some feedback sometimes where, where you know, um, people are saying, well, you know, I'd love to coach, but I but I just haven't haven't got time. So, of course, that, you know, in any organisation, especially one like ours that's going through massive transition and um, a lot of growth um, and change, um, you know, it's 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 not always easy to take the time to sit back and, 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 and ask some coaching questions. Often, obviously, it's sometimes, you know, the, the perception is it's easier to just to tell. Well, that leads me on nicely to asking you, what do you think are the biggest barriers to coaching, which is probably what you've just referred to, but you, what are your perspectives on that? Yeah, I, I guess for me, it's, it's a few. I mean, the first one I would say is, is belief and mindset. You know, I, th I think coaching as, as a concept, concept is still very much misunderstood. Um, I mean, I've worked at other companies where, where coaching is considered a luxury and it's kind of looked at it like it's a formal intervention for senior managers only. Yeah. Um, and as I mentioned, I mean, people also don't believe they've got the time to coach when, you know, the reality is a coaching conversation can happen anywhere um, on the fly. But um, another one for me is that coaching, I think, is, is still often confused with either consulting, counselling or therapy. And, and maybe the biggest barrier um, that we face as advocates for coaching is, is to reach out to greater numbers of people so that we can bust the myths, you know, surrounding coaching so that people can understand its real value and, and how easy it is to actually put into practice. Brilliant. And that talks to, uh, I suppose, our coaching culture framework in terms of giving everybody the accessibility to coaching and giving everybody the capability to coach. Because like you said, it's about getting rid of those myths that it's some luxury intervention in a side room with some senior leader or exec when actually the yes. conversations can happen all the time at the coffee machine the water cooler you know it's it's about having the power to ask some great questions and and listen and and support people really isn't it to to be more absolutely so that sounds that certainly sounds interesting so getting rid of some of the myths of coaching and 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 getting rid of the misunderstandings what about engagement in coaching how do you actually go around getting people engaged in coaching because it does sound like you've got a positive experience at checker trade and culture yeah it's i mean i'm a massive advocate and and, and through my um interactions with different stakeholders in the business i always um talk about coaching whenever i can um I suppose, though, most of all, I, I, I model what good coaching sounds like. Well, I try, <laughs> um, you know, by, by asking powerful questions when it's appropriate. And, and then I guess managers then start to understand the benefits of coaching questions rather than, you know, spoon feeding teams. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm moving around the business all the time, either coaching or, or, or running training courses and or having meetings with my stakeholders. And, you know, I'm, I'm just dropping it into conversation um, and, and, and always, you know, trying to help people to understand the real benefits and I think more and more people are becoming aware of the benefits of coaching and I think that you know some organizations still have got to go on that journey get rid of the myths but, but a lot more are recognizing the value of coaching recognizing the benefits of empowering people teams organizations to to be creative and think of their own solutions rather than that that old school command and control actually where coaching conversations come in really help people to to achieve more definitely and, and i think defining coaching is is really important too because you know i think people still confuse coaching um with with 
um, you know, telling people what to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I often, you know, months or, or even a few years ago, people would say, yeah, yeah, sure, I'm coaching. But, you know, you, when, when you dropped in on one of their sessions with one of their one of their team members, you know, you quickly understood that, you know, it wasn't coaching. It, it was it was it was kind of giving them instructions or giving them their opinion, of course. Yeah, spoon feeding the solutions yeah. straight away. Okay. And in terms of um, the future, so thinking forward, whether that's, you know, five years, 10 years, what do you reckon the future holds for coaching and, and organisational development? Personally, I, because of the power of coaching, I, I really believe it's got a, an incredibly bright future. It's, it's clear to me that this rise in coaching isn't a flash in the pan trend, it's here to stay. Yeah. Um, but I'd also say as well that we need to be mindful. Um, I feel like a lot of people would be tempted towards setting up a coaching practice, but but won't necessarily get the necessary training or qualifications they need to do it right. Um, And I think the downside to that is that a lot of clients could suffer as as a result. Um, So perhaps maybe, Joe, the future might hold um, regulation for the coaching world, which would protect both clients and, and bona fide coaches. I certainly think from an external coaching practice perspective, I think the regulation is is required because I think anybody can call themselves a coach. Um, whereas I think internal, you know, and I think internal accreditations are important, um, but actually managers as coach, um, you know, I think everybody should have a certain level of skills and capability to, to do that, but they wouldn't be able to go on and then formally call themselves you know an accredited coach externally but I think you're certainly right from a external perspective I think regulation is important because you know most people these days suddenly find the word coach on the business card or the CV and what does that actually mean so you know I'm I'm with you on that that you know there needs to be some sort of strict regulations for if people are charging you know good money for coaching whereas I think when coaching happens in an organization it's um I think giving everybody the confidence and belief that they can have a, a good quality conversation is, is, is really valuable as well. For sure. And, and I think, you know, I think in the future, businesses will understand the merits of coaching more than ever and, and will afford, you know, their leaders, their managers time for coaching um, interventions in conversations. Whereas maybe at the moment we're, we're still very geared towards um, productivity, busyness, results um, and, and, you know, and sort of in the moment just telling people what to do. Yeah, and and actually get spending that time coaching somebody can then actually deliver increased productivity, but it is Definitely. about investment of that upfront time. So you're so right there. And in terms of your perspective on coaching culture, so obviously you know getting coaching in the very fabric of the organisation. What would you recommend to be the first step for any organisation looking to creating a coaching culture? Um, what would I say? Um. Try as hard as you can to secure leadership team sponsorship or or advocacy from from your senior leadership team. I, I think it's it's possible to create a coaching culture from within the business for sure. But mm-hmm. I, I believe strongly that real engagement for cultural change starts from the top. If your leaders don't role model and communicate what good looks like, it's it's likely that no one else will will buy into it or believe it. Yeah, hundred percent agree with that. And as newer generations, so people who may be even at school today, um, but they're coming into the workplace in a number of years' time, um, they've been used to a very different world than I certainly grew up with. So whether yeah, you know, <laughs> internet, mobiles, um, they crave feedback and continuous learning. What do you think needs to be different to 
as an approach to coaching? How do you think we can accommodate their needs? Well, that's a good question. First of all, I think that, that like most things in life, good concepts like coaching will stand the test of time. So I think whilst the principles of good coaching will stay in place, yeah. the things that might change might be the locations in which we coach, mm -hmm. the mediums that we use and, and, and the models that we develop, which probably will constantly change to fit around around people's lifestyles and needs. But in terms of um, the sort of the internet and the mobile phone generation, I think digitalization is, is inevitable in every walk of life and, and, and coaching is no different. As that moves forward, um, as coaches, I think we've got a, a responsibility to, to those that have grown up with technology to help them learn to practice and apply patience and resilience and tenacity when when they're reaching for success. Yeah, great. So, so I'm certainly hearing a huge advocacy for coaching from yourself and and the benefits and and the risks potentially um internal barriers you know you've certainly got a really interesting perspective on on coaching and i think your perspective is 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 widely shared actually in in whether that's the digital side whether it's you know raising awareness of um, the positive aspects of coaching so that's really helpful to to share with people who are listening today thank you adam but I'm going to move on to some stranger questions now. Um, uh, you can link it to coaching or you don't have to link it to coaching. It's up to you. Uh, but I've got a question now that if you could do any job in the world, what would that be? Uh, right. Um, yeah, uh, I, th I think I'd be a snowboarding coach um, so that I could spend every winter in the mountains and, and talk to anyone that knows me well and, and they'll tell you that snowboarding is my passion or, or um, a midlife crisis maybe. <laughs> um, and uh, for me, I, I, I love nothing more than, than, than riding through fresh powder or, or perfectly groomed pieces. So um, I learned to snowboard about two and a half years ago and even though I fell over a lot to begin with, um, I just fell in love with it and that feeling of freedom and, and, and the joy that, that snowboarding gives me. So I think the answer to the question in a roundabout way is snowboarding coach or, or any job um, that would allow me to, to snowboard and be in the mountains. Because for me, I find being in the mountains sort of nourishes my, my body and soul, if that makes sense. Oh, I love that. And have you been anywhere so far this winter? Very fortunate to have been to the French Alps in over Christmas, actually. We, we visited La Plan. In, in the French Alps and uh, we, we snowboarded with the family and, and skied for um, for a week um, and uh, loads of snow, beautiful weather, lovely resort. Um, yeah, that's my happy place. Oh, <laughs> crikey, it sounds, it sounds idyllic for sure. Um, and in business, what superpower would you want if you could have anything in the world, what would it be and why? Oh gosh, um, it's funny you know because in a lot of ways be, being a coach already feels like a superpower. Oh, love that. Um, and I agree. I suppose, <laughs> um, I suppose in a fantasy world, the power that I that I might like is is being able to sit down with someone and immediately understand which particular coaching style and a model best fitted that client and situation. Oh, go on, tell me a little bit more about that. Ex mm. Expand on that one because that sounds really interesting. Maybe, perhaps it says a lot about me in terms of my level of patience sometimes, but um, I, I just think it would be great to, to sit with someone and kind of be able to immediately understand um, without kind of having to go through the preliminary stuff to, to know exactly the right questions to say, exactly the right approach to, to, to take, um, 
you know, from from the minute you sit down with someone and, and, and to sort of have instant rapport with people. I'm not saying that I don't build great rapport with people, by the way. Um, but yeah, just, just to be able to kind of accelerate that process. Well, that would be a superpower, to be fair, but that's equally also part of the art of coaching, I think, isn't it? It is indeed. <laughs> yeah, I was just waiting for you to say that. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the enter- the uh, exciting bit of that building trust it's and rapport. It's the journey, for sure. It is. Yeah, it's... But it will be a superpower. So what would you advise your 20-year-old self? Oh, crikey. Um, here's a potential rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, crikey, what are you going to say? Um... I was a bit lost, I think, at age 20, um, in terms of I wasn't I was I was prioritizing what I wanted to do over what I should be doing, probably like like many 20 year olds. Yeah. Um, I think if I could speak to myself now, I would I would advise the 20 year old me to, to, to seek out a mentor, um, particularly for me, someone who maybe was a real positive male role model because I didn't have one growing up. Um, and if 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 I had had that, maybe then I might have focused a bit more on on things like goal setting and and building a career and, and getting more essential life skills rather than going out and partying and, and, and drifting. Well, I think seeking out a mentor is a brilliant piece of advice for somebody who's twenty or or early on in their career. You know, to get get them on the the path that where they would look back and think, yeah, that was the right thing to do. So that sounds a great mm. piece of advice. What would be different for you then, apart from less parties? Well, less less parties would mean more time focusing on on career and and uh, you know really just focusing on the stuff that that, that perhaps would have put me in a, a much stronger position career wise career wise and and as I sort of you know approach approach my fifties next year, um, you know you look back don't you and think oh if only I'd done this if only I'd done that sometimes and obviously you shouldn't ever have regrets in life but one of mine is that I, I didn't uh, work, have a stronger work ethic when I was when I was younger um, and if I if I'd had a stronger work ethic um, my world would look rather different um, than it is now um, it, not not saying obviously for a second that things aren't bad things are wonderful for me right now but uh, you always wonder what what else could have been what, what what more could I have become I suppose less parties more career focus is what I'm hearing Definitely. Well, when would you fit the parties in? That would that would be a question. Well, yeah, this is. I'm not saying get rid of the parties completely, of course, Joe. <laughs> Reduce them. <laughs> I understand, and yes, I, I appreciate what you're saying. With me being also 50 next year, now that we're in 2020, yes, 50 in uh, 21. Can't quite believe it, but there we go. <laughs> um, so, if there was one piece of advice you'd share with other organisations who are wanting to develop a coaching culture, Adam, what would that be? I would say spend a considerable amount of time focusing and, and defining your why um, and also your outcomes. Um, it's really easy, I think, to fall into the trap that if you try and create a coaching culture first, everything else just falls into place. I think you need to assess how much and what type of coaching conversations um, are already happening within your business, along with the effects. So work out your why, work work out um, your objectives for behind creating a culture first um, of coaching and then start to put into place the pieces of the jigsaw that you need. The how. So get get your why clear and then work out the what and the what and the how. 
absolutely afterwards right that's brilliant thank you adam you've you've really added a lot of color and flavor to our podcast and obviously (laughs) for the magazine as well you've certainly given us a lot of um, food for thought regarding coaching and a coaching culture and where you are and obviously some personal insights i had no idea you wanted to be a snowboarding coach um and i totally understand that although i've never quite done snowboarding but definitely love the skiing bit so yeah is there anything else you'd love to add to our listeners and obviously the readers of the magazine um to you know as any final parting word of wisdom on your coaching journey um wisdom i I don't know i I think to, to finish off joe i would just um say to anybody who's considering coming along to the conference um in london in october um, don't think about it just do it that there, there are some wonderful people that you'll meet um, you'll, you'll get some amazing insights not, not just about coaching but in areas like neuroscience for example um, it's a wonderful opportunity to meet and network with some like-minded people who are driven and passionate about what they do so um, if you can get yourself a ticket grab one brilliant and they are selling out now so so uh, that is great advice very timely Okay, Adam, well, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate your sharing your thoughts and views, and I'm sure a lot more people will too. So thank you very much indeed, and, uh, and we'll catch you, catch you again shortly. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Bye-bye.